Welcome to Make a Difference Monday, where we encourage you to make a difference in yourself and others and the world. I'm Steve Bullard. I'm CFO, co-founder of The Pearl House. And today we are joined by my good friend, Michael Colley. Michael is in Nashville, and we are so excited to have him with us today. Michael's come along for The Pearl House journey really from almost the beginning. He's helped us. He's coached us as a team, as founders. He's coached our board He's helped me personally, so we're just forever indebted to Michael. So we're excited to have him today as we talk about dreaming from the ground up. So Michael, how you doing? I'm doing well, Steve. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. And I'm digging the Cleveland jersey. What's, what's that about? Yeah, so this is uh, Cleveland uh, 1895 Spiders, which was a baseball team that preceded the Cleveland Indians and they had the most winning record in baseball. And then that was it for them. Uh, after that, they're actually known for having the worst record um, in the league for the next five years. And uh, so I'm going to school in Cleveland currently, and, uh, but I haven't been there for a year during the pandemic. And so I thought, what can connect me to Cleveland? And so I found this you know, replica Spiders jersey. And, and I liked that, that they had some success and then they had a lot of failure because uh, whenever you start something from the ground up, you're going to have success and then you're going to have a lot of failure and then you'll have some success and then you'll have a lot of failure. Right. That's a, and that's a perfect lead into what we're talking about today. I'm a lifelong San Diego Padres fan, which is also that same little, little bit of success, a lot of failure. So I I'm familiar with that, that line. So Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you are doing these days. Sure, absolutely. So currently, I am uh, a part of Cohort for Care. Uh, Co-founded that with some partners in March of 2020 in order to help uh, healthcare providers and nonprofit leaders uh, work through burnout and compassion fatigue, which was a problem before the pandemic, but was uh, even brought to greater levels as a result of the pandemic. So uh, we do coaching, consulting, education, and I'm in the kitchen this morning actually, uh, because one of my partners, uh, my wife Ashley, she's in the office on a webinar uh, with a group right now, uh, helping them work through actually some of the Enneagram, uh, because part of what we do is, is help teams get to know themselves better. Uh, and so I've been doing that, and, uh, and then I'm also doing a PhD in management, and I study decision-making um, in, in that PhD. Currently, I study how physicians make decisions in the electronic medical record. So kind of a mixture of things that uh, may seem disconnected, but is actually working very nicely uh, based on my background you know, prior to this as a pastor and church planter. Very cool. I want to circle back to some of the things you said in that line there about burning out and, and things like I want to circle back to some of that stuff and touch on it. But first of all, just how did you get started? You know, when I talk about the Pearl House, or you talk about uh, your books or your, your businesses um, with coaching, a lot of times people will say that sounds neat. I don't know the first thing about that. So what, what does that mean? The first thing? what is the first thing? Like, what, what's the first thing you do when you have a dream like this? Well, I think the first thing for me and, and with most people is you see a need. Um, and so you see a need in the world that you want to contribute to. Uh, it's, you know, when you're starting a business, 
other people need to be also seeing the need and contributing because that means there's space for you. I think sometimes that's a misconception. People think if I have a, a novel idea that no one has, you know, they, they want to be a Steve Jobs or a Bill Gates. And those guys are a very small example, maybe even a poor example of what it takes to become an entrepreneur, to start something. You see a need that is great and you see uh, an opportunity to meet it and you believe that you have uh, some interest in meeting the need. And then for me, I had interest, but then I also had to learn a lot. And so it was, it was being, in, it was seeing the need, being interested, evaluating, okay, what can I bring to this? And then, and then saying, okay, and then what can I learn so that I can be, get better in order to contribute to this? So when you say learning, you're talking about the actual field itself or just about how to start businesses in general? It's both. It's, it's both, right? It's, it's uh, especially when you pivot. So, you know, I, I changed careers. And so for me, it was having to go to coaching school to learn to become a coach. It was having to go to, go to business school um, to, to learn how to run a business. Uh, now, I don't think everybody has to go to business school to learn to run a business, but that's how, that's how my mind works is I need a formal process um, in order to get started. So that's, that's what worked for me. Um, so I think it's kind of both and it's a content in terms of what is it that I'm going to bring? How can I be effective? And what is it going to take to run a successful business, which honestly, some of it can be started in school so that you have the right language and the right understanding in order to talk to people, but then you have to hustle. So speaking of learning and you read, you talk to people, you go to school, but we also go to the school of hard knocks. We all make mistakes and learn lessons the hard way. Surely that obviously happened for you. It's happened for us many times. What are some lessons you learned and what are some key mistakes maybe that you made uh, as you, as you built your organization and what'd you learn from it and kind of how'd you go from there? To do things differently? I think the, the hardest lesson for me was that what I am going to do to be successful will be a result of pivoting based on what I set out to do. Um, so, you know, you, you look at the Pearl House, for example, and the Pearl House is, is growing very rapidly now, multiple locations, you know, a couple you know, what, what I would call service lines where you have uh, the, the Pearl House, which you began with, the home, and then you have the vocational school and now an educational institution. So you've, you've pivoted, you've grown. Um, and for me, it meant starting with coaching, adding consulting, and then, and then adding education to that, um, to where Cohort for Care now has, you know, five service lines that all fit together um, in order to provide different aspects of how to help people and help organizations. And so I think for me, I thought my, my initial thought was, okay, if I can just help people get better, then that will make their lives better. But what I found is that helping in my business, helping people get better sometimes created more frustration for them because if I helped them get better, but I didn't have a chance to help them fit better, after they had made changes into their organization, then the work we had done together, they weren't actually able to live and work from that. 
on a regular basis. And so then I pivoted to helping organizations. And so I think to, to recognize that the idea that you started out with, I thought, okay, I'm going to be a coach. Um, and I thought, okay, I'm going to be a life coach. But then when I got started, I thought, you know, as a life coach, I'm not really helping people unless I get into their organization. And so I, then I pivoted, I learned, went to business school, learned how to talk to executives to become an executive coach who has a deep care and love for people, but also now is able to work with an organization to help the people when they grow and, and get to make the changes they want. It helps them fit into an organization that is also growing and also creating change uh, so that both can change and grow together. So when you're doing all of these different really just kind of businesses within a business and different, uh, you offer different products, so to speak. How do, at, at what point did you realize or that you were being successful or you were going the right direction? I mean, how do you measure success? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And I think it's different for different people. Uh, I have friends who, you know, launched a business and in their first year, they were very successful financially. Um, I have friends that have launched a business and in their first year, um, they just kind of started getting all of the things in place. Um, and then the second year, they had some really good success. For myself, what I found in, in doing this a couple times is that I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of a slow burn type of guy. And so, um, you know, I like Jim Collins' uh, hedgehog principle of, you know, what can you do better than anybody else? And then just put your head down and do it, right? Um, and, and so for me, I have found that it, it takes me a while to have an idea, to start talking to people, to find out what the interest is in the market. I need to pivot, I change, I test out stuff, I try to fail fast. And what I've found is within seven to 10 months of having an idea, of starting something, all of a sudden I will be able to have things in place, uh, products, uh, services that begin to create synergy. They begin to come together in a way. And, and, then, and then along the way of that testing time, then I've tested with clients, right? Um, and so then it seems that when the timing is right, um, and some of this I, I really do believe is serendipity or providence, um, as, as you have tested things out with different people, there comes a time where they come to you and they say, okay, we need this and this. And you'll say, okay, well, I, I, I have this. And then you'll think, you know what? I just did this for, for that client. I was trying something else. Let me rework that. And then I can add that to this. Okay, now I have this and this. Oh, wow. Okay, but then I had that. Well, now I have five things that I can pull together that really I, I built this uh, really good process within the last 10 months. I didn't set out to do this, but I have it now. And so now I can really go out and start selling something. Does that make sense? Yeah, it really does. You said something there I wanted to, wanted to expand on. You talked about, uh, you said fail fast, which sounds like something I'd be really good at. Could you explain what, that, what you mean by that? Absolutely. Uh, so when you start a business, the idea that you have when you're getting started likely is not going to be the idea that you're, you are going to have success with. And so a lot of times, you know, it goes back to asking yourself and even getting started, where is the need? Is there a market? 
how can I contribute? What do I need to learn to contribute? And then you're just going to have to leave that alone. And, and what's hard for some people is they get stuck and I set out to do this. Okay, well, do that as hard as you can. But if, you're, if no one is paying you to do that, that means that nobody wants it. So what can you do that is built off of that, that, that launches you to try something new and then test that out in the market? Is that something that people want to buy? If it is, great. If people don't want it, it's not worth building a website for. It's not worth developing a logo for. And, I, and that, honestly, that was where I wasted a lot of time early on. I would have an idea. I'd get a cool logo. I'd get a cool website. I'd start a blog. And then nobody's bought anything. And I had wasted all of that time. So if I was, <laughs> if I was going to do this again, and I imagine I will eventually because that's kind of the way that I'm wired, um, is when you have the idea, wait to get the logo wait to get the business cards, wait to get the website, unless you have someone that you've partnered with that that's all they care about and that's what they're really good at uh, and then set them loose on that. Um, but don't pay them for it, you know, because they're, it's not going to make you any money right away. Um, is that helpful? Yeah, that's like I added more. Fantastic advice. Yeah, that's great. Well, speaking of adding more, we tend to do that to our plates and we get burned out. And I think that's probably something we've all experienced in life. Um, talk about burnout a little bit and how we deal with that. Sure, absolutely. And I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, my company, Cohort for Care, recently published a workbook on Kindle called Get a Grip. And uh, the key for this is its grip is spelled with two Ps. So if you look it up, it's by my partners, Eleanor Wells and Ashley Colley. And it basically, because of the pandemic, we were not able to get out and start offering these seminars in person. And Zoom is really good, but we wanted to make this information even more accessible. So we put a workbook out on Kindle that was published early this month. And the, it's basically an acronym for GRIP. And so when you're burned out, what we have found is that it's important to grieve which recognize that time and support are needed to grieve the losses that you are experiencing in your job and your life. And you may think, why, why? Okay, but I'm not having losses. I've just gotten started. Well, when you're burned out, something has happened that has created loss. And so what GRIP does is it begins with the process of grieving so that we can come to the place that even when we're hard charging, we still have experienced losses, even if those losses are those, uh, those fast fails, those are still losses. So it's important to grieve those. And then that leads you to being able to remember and reflecting on why you chose the ministry or the business that you're in. And remembering is a very good, important first step for dealing with burnout. Uh, and then after that, you investigate the why behind the what. Um, what were your expectations or what are your current expectations that are getting in the way of your growth and development at this time in your business and your life? And then the next question is, who can you partner with? Who are the people that you can rely on, be accountable to, and get support from so that you can start to care for yourself? 
Uh, one of the things that I found is this is a time when making time for exercise that often gets sidelined when we're starting something new becomes super important. And just bringing that into your life for a half hour, you know, for a, uh, just a short run will do wonders for you in terms of helping you re-engage in your work and combating burnout. Um, and that's part of being caring for yourself in terms of finding someone to be accountable to, to partner with. Um, so, you know, a trainer or someone that's a buddy that's going to say, hey, you know, did you go for that run? And, uh, and the, the last thing, which is the final P in, in GRIP, is to plan. Um, and so developing an individualized plan is very helpful uh, because that will say, okay, where am, I, where am I today? Where do I want to be in three months? And what obstacles am I seeing that are going to keep me from, where, from getting where I want to be in three months? And, so, and then that comes into the work with coaching, which is part of the work I do, which is helping people identify the obstacles based on the goal that they have and then begin to take action to move either you know above, around, below, or through those obstacles so that they can get back to where they need to be. And what I have found in my work is that uh, recovery from burnout takes time, depending on the severity of burnout. You know, it, it may take um, you know six months. It may even take longer. But typically, you know, through this plan, we're able to help people recover from burnout in about three months. Michael Colley, thank you. Tell our viewers how they can find you, how they can find Cofort for Care and your book. Absolutely. So the book is available on Amazon. Uh, it's a Kindle digital workbook, so available immediately. And it's Get a Grip. Grip is with two P's, G-R-I-P-P. And you can visit us to learn more about Cohort for Care at cohort, the number four, care.com, cohortforcare.com. Thank you. And we'll put all those links down in the description below and you can find Michael. Michael, thank you so much for being with us today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Steve. All right. Have a great week. And thanks for joining us for Make a Difference Monday. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to Make a Difference Monday. If you would like to learn more about how you can make a difference, visit thepearlhouse.org.